Roll call. Roll call. Hi, guys. I'm Lily Coles, and I play Isabel Evans Bracken. Oh, God. Isabel Evans? We're going to have to figure oh, that out. That makes sense, bro. You keep that name. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I'm Trevor St. John. I play Master Sergeant Jesse Maines. Boo. Master Sergeant. Hi, I'm Karin Obro, and I play Noah Brackett. Oh, the worst. No, not... Yeah. He's a sweet guy. Um, I'm Karina Adley McKenzie, and I'm the writer, creator, boss. boss. God. Yep. God. <laughs> I'm in uh, charge of these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'm Michael Vlamis, and I play Michael Guerin. Heather Hemmons, and I play Maria DeLuca. Mm. And I'm Meg Bonney. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> So I'm the co-host of Space Cowboys, which was originally called Reimagining Roswell, and that was before you guys got picked up because we didn't know what you were going to be called, so we're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> so we just kind of made something up, and then once we realized it was going to be like Nathan Parsons, <laughs> Historically, we used to only whisper his name on our podcast because we would whisper it into the wind. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, and like we still do that. It still sends a chill down my spine. I'm gonna start doing only, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Only whisper to him because that's the best thing. But then we decided, like, okay, like, space and cowboys. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was drinking a lot one night, and I was like, space cowboys, Liz. And she but was pregnant, and she's like, stop texting. Right around, our, <laughs> right around the time when we were shooting the pilot, uh, Casey Musgraves released her song, Space Cowboy. And I'm not kidding, I listened to it every morning when we were in Albuquerque, you guys. There you go. I'd, like, put it on in my in my bathroom as I was showering, and Julie and... and our, me and Julie lived together while we were shooting the pilot, and our two, I, not assistants, that's not really the right word, but Eva, who's one of our writers now, and Lauren Petsky, who is one of our producers, lived with us, and literally they were like, Karina, you gotta stop with this song. <laughs> 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 it's a good song, though, and that's why it It's a great name. It works. Yeah, it's a very cool name. Yes, and she made it for us, that's what, that's what we heard. I mean, that's what I said, I was like, that's the reason she wrote that. Thank you, Casey. So, Thank you. Very nice Casey. Okay, so this first question is for everyone. So I just want to know, after season one ended, obviously, like, the whole fandom was like, oh, my God, um, and then doing, like, all these shots because of the drinking game. But what was your it's reaction? It's supposed to be a sipping game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, yes, I'm sorry. Sipping for responsible. We're trying to not, we're, 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 trying we're not to kill people here. Yeah. Okay, but sipping, sipping every time someone says Rosa or oh, someone, sorry. like, Rosa. Deep sighs, like that mm -hmm. turned into. You just like chug it, like by the time you get deep there. Deep sighs. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Character choice. Thanks. I'm not looking at you, Michael, but I'm looking at you, Michael. Okay. Um, so, what was your reaction to finding out that Rosa was coming back? Oh my gosh. I guess I would have. We would have found out about that before. Like, well, maybe in the middle of the season, we found that out that that was going to happen. I'm really bad at keeping secrets from these guys because yeah. I'm excited and I like, like everyone's like, don't tell your actors anything. And I'm like, mm -hmm. but they're my friends and I want to tell them. And like, yeah. it was good. I, I would make up excuses to go <laughs> deliver stuff. I'd be like, hey, I just thought I'd bring you this um, juice box. What did you want to talk? About? Oh my god, what is happening? Oh my god, I have a lot of gifts from Lily. <laughs> <laughs> I knew all the secrets about very early on. I love Amber Mid-Thunder. She's like the best to work with. She's so cool and fun. And so I was just so happy finding out that she was going to be coming back. And I loved all the stuff that we got to do with Isabel and Rosa. That The dynamic, I felt like, was so... It was going to be just really fun to tease out again. Uh, so I was thrilled to find out that she would be coming back. I have a little bit of a girl crush on her. Yeah, to be honest, she's just cool to hang out with. And when you're yeah. stuck in Santa Fe for six to eight months or whatever, um, it's good to have another person that you want to be around. 
Yeah, I think the sister storyline too is so beautiful. Oh. Like I just I cry during their scenes because I have a sister, and that love is unlike anything else. So to see them, I think in the flesh in present day is going to be really interesting. How that goes. I enjoyed her, her work a lot uh, throughout the season. Just watching her pop on screen, she she's tremendous. So that's good because she's got your trailer now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is good. It's good. Full of booby traps. Did we ever decide how it is? Oteco. Is that, it's always been a Oteco, yeah. It's Pretty sure they dubbed me in the pilot. I said, or Techo. You dub you all the time. Or dubbed, yeah. There was yeah, no you know, I get world dubbed. in which it was ever Ortecho. In well, Orte like, what is it? How well, I didn't get the memo. So. Anyway. Ortecho. Ortecho. I'm super. I'm thrilled. Amber works a lot. She's she's very busy, and so I'm just thrilled that we were able to get her as a series regular for season two. Um, it was a it was a scary struggle for a minute there, um, but uh, yeah, I'm so I'm really happy she's going to be there. And she's also from New Mexico, yeah. and her family's in town. Her mom actually works as Liz's stunt double on yes. our show, so uh, it'll, it's going to be really fun to have her around full time. Yes. Oh, that's super cool. I'm a big fan of hers from Legion. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was already really excited to see her on the show. And then to find out that she gets to, like, come back and, like, fully be there, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. For me personally, because you write it for me personally. Yeah. Yes. For everything we do. Obviously. Okay, so this question is for Karina. Um, can you please tell me all the spoilers about Max? Is he dead? <laughs> please tell me everything. Did you Ned Stark him? Like, what's happening? I'm sorry. Well, what I can say is that is definitely going to be back on the show. Okay. Um, in a slightly different capacity, for sure. Um, but we are not finished with the story yet, and that's really all I can tell you. Um, you have to bring I, a juice box. I can tell you that um, he's family, and, and we're, we're not letting him go. We're not letting him off the hook anytime soon, for sure. But um, we are definitely gonna miss Max for a while, like a long, a longer while than you might expect. <laughs> I feel like we can whisper her and, like back into existence. And when I say, I would like to say that when when I say he's gonna be on the show, like he might be in the lighting department now. He's really good with a flashlight. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's gonna earn his keep somehow. I feel feel like he'll transition to stunt guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he really loved doing his doing own stunts. That. Didn't yeah. he want to go do something? Yes, I don't know what it was. He was talking about something. Yeah, I think we're going to do the like stunt world. I would just <laughs> like to say I've been working with him for a while, and on the originals, he'd be like, oh, no, yeah, I've got this. And then the next day, he'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't move my back. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see him just like in the background as like an extra, like, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. person number four. Yes. With like a lot of prosthetics. Like, like <laughs> we, we don't have to put Michael through hand prosthetics anymore, so we can just like change Nathan's Yay. face. Yay. There you go. Pick on someone else. Yeah. Or, or Ghost Max. I would like to throw that out there. I'm like, just pitch that to you. Mm -hmm. Ghost Max would mm -hmm. be really fun. Vampire Max. Yes, and we could whisper that. We know he can werewolf. Yes. <laughs> How about a zombie Max? He could come back like half, just, you know, he's like still. He's going to get dead. fully resurrected. You need to give Lily a job in the writer's room. Hey, I like where her head's at. She basically has one. Lily and I have like long talks. She'll call me and then she'll like be walking through New York and we'll talk for an hour about like, where could this all go? And then there's like, there's like buses driving by and she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, this is great. I'm taking notes. What else do you think should happen? <laughs> she's always on my mind, Isabel. <laughs> Same, obviously, same. Um, so this question is for you guys. So I don't, you probably haven't listened, I mean, you have listened to every single episode of Space Cowboys on repeat. Of course, of course. Yeah. 
but I'm a big fan of Michael and Alex. But I, at the same time, I love the idea of exploring something a little lighter and without all of the baggage that Maria and Michael will hold in the future. Having had like a serious relationship in my life and then something that was just like fun and easy. Mm. So like, what can you guys tell us about what that might be like going forward? Well, I think one of the best things about love is that it's unpredictable and you don't know what shape or form is going to come in. So um, there's love that is brought together by you know tragic circumstances and then there's love like you bump into somebody in the supermarket and that initial eye contact is uh, validating in some way and makes your heart flutter. You just don't know um, where love is going to hit you. So I like that they come from two different avenues with that. And um, I think it's really fun how it's going to continue. We're exploring that. I'm sure Karina's exploring that a lot more than we are. But um, I think that, you know, it's fun to play with because they're both so different and neither is right or wrong. You guys uh, want to get a little method on it? Like, ooh. I feel like you should spend a little time together, see what happens. I mean, that's what we do. We do. Yeah, we kiss off screen all the time. Um, you know, I think, uh, well, no, we actually don't do that. <laughs> like, uh, like, yeah, it weirdly really grosses me out. What? Like, I don't know what? why. What? <laughs> there's my uh, season two. I'm off the show. Um, I think it's really cool because it's at a time where I know my character needs something different, you know? Sometimes we're in these toxic relationships and it's not until we get out that we realize, you know, what were we doing? Or in a relationship and then like two years later, your mom's like, yeah, I never liked her or him or whatever, you know? And it's like, wait, what? Really? I didn't see that when I was in it. So I'm excited for a breath of fresh air and Aww, I'm excited to be happy. I, Damn right. I know this question wasn't for me, but I I just kind of Alex pushed Michael away and pushed Michael away and pushed Michael away and Michael reached out and reached out and reached out and at a certain point you can't reach out anymore because you have to respect the thing that even if they're saying with their eyes I still love you if their if their actions and their words are saying like give me a break then you have to respect it and I think this is partly Michael respecting Alex's wishes and forcing himself to, not forcing himself, but allowing himself to look to a future that might not involve this person. And the thing that I really love about Michael and Maria is the beginning of the season, of season one, the first time we meet Michael, um, Michael said, uh, Max, Max basically says that Michael's not a hero. Um, he's like, you've never done anything for anybody. Um, and throughout Maria's journey, everybody keeps saying she doesn't need a hero she doesn't need a anybody to, to take care of her she doesn't need anybody to save her she doesn't need anybody to to step in but what she does need is somebody who is just there and he is just there he's the shoulder to cry on literally he's um, the person who will sit with her when she needs to wake up to a familiar face and that's all she needs she doesn't need like a big thing and he just kind of needs to be needed, I think. So they're actually being there. They're there for each other in a way that's like really essential that uh, you might not think about at first glance. And so it actually becomes something that's, I think, really special for both of them. I'm excited about it. That's that UFO Emporium scene when you tell me to stay. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, that's that moment, I feel like, for our characters. When she wakes up oh, and she feels she the same says, way I feel. When she wakes up and she says, you've got to stop showing up when I need you, I literally climbed on my chair in Video Village. Like, I'm yelling, and the director's like, who's yelling? Like, I'm like, this is it. This is exactly what I was looking for. So I'm, 
I love it. I'm I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm also Same. a big fan of Michael and Alex. I'm a fan too. Same. And like <laughs> having like grown it. up on like all of these love triangles, you know, being mm-hmm. a '90s kid and like Dawson's Creek and then Buffy and like mm-hmm. usually like you can find something really wrong with eat. Mm. I just noticed your shirt. I love it. Hey. I'm wearing a shirt with a list of all the Dawson's Creek characters <laughs> on it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I, mean, like, I love Square actually. It is a love Square. Yes. But I I love that like th- with this triangle, it's like. You love all of the characters so much. Like I could always find something wrong with Dawson to be like, no. Like I like you, but no. Mostly the hair. Yeah, 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 that too. <laughs> the middle part. The middle part. The middle part that we gave Max in our flashbacks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It was sorry. accurate. Like that. That was what the guys looked like in my head. Well, not like that. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to look like that. <laughs> I tried to look like that. But like I love that I love Maria so much. So no matter how much I liked Michael and Alex together, it's like no, but I love her. So it's a really it's an interesting approach to a love triangle, and I think it's 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 gonna be really cool to see it play out. So I'm very excited. Yeah. As a, a Michael and Alex fan, very excited for Maria. <laughs> so Lily, this one's for you. So how is Isabel going to cope? Because we've seen her be so codependent with Max mm, and then yeah. always having nowhere to fall back on. Mm-hmm. You know, spoiler alert, obviously. Like, don't listen to this if you haven't watched it. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you shouldn't be listening to right? it. Oh. No business. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how is she, how are we going to see her grow as her right. own person? And I'm excited to see her grow as yeah, person. Me too. I mean, I think that she's developed so many coping mechanisms as she's grown up in this world you know she had her two brothers and she had this relationship and so she's always sort of had these structures around her that she's been able to like lean on and kind of support her and I think we're seeing all of those just crumble and it's going to be really exciting I'm I'm like nervous I really want to do her justice to, mm-hmm. to honor so, you know someone who's losing all of the things that um, that defined who she was I mean I think what always interested me about Isabel was the way that she defined herself against a lot of things. So she was like, well, I know, I know what I'm supposed to look like. And I have, you know, I am, I'm defining myself in relation to other people. I'm a sister. I'm a wife. I'm like a friend. I'm, I'm this like cool girl. I'm in high school. I'm a hot, like, but does she really know what she is outside of any of that? And so when we take away her husband and we take away, you know, her codependent brother, like, what is left? Just Garen? That's not Aww. enough. It's not enough. Aww. It's going to be just great. Garen. <laughs> just Garen. Just Garen. Which, be by said. the way, is the name of my podcast. <laughs> um, but I it's think the name it's, of my punk band. <laughs> just, just Garen. Um, I think it's going to be really exciting and powerful to see a woman who's, you know, in her late 20s having to dive really deep and figure out who she is. Um, I'm so excited. I know this, these are the kinds of things that Karina and I talk about when I'm walking through the streets of New York. Like, do you have a second? Uh, <laughs> two hours later, it. my phone battery's yeah. dying. <laughs> but I think it's going to have to be a major overhaul of her of her entire, uh, the way that she perceives of herself. So it's, I think it's going to be really exciting. I think we're going to see her get into kind of like ninja mode of like, you know, having to, to kind of do some real like deep dive self-searching and what comes up out of that I think is going to be like a whole new Isabel I love it that's the name of my other podcast yes there, I'm ready for it I'll be your guest anytime yes please okay so this is for I just want to say we were just joined by Eva McKenna who is who, who is um, a writer on the show but yes. also was has been part of this show since casting for the pilot yes, she sat you. in on the casting sessions so mm-hmm. and she's one of my best friends um 
So we're going to make you talk to you. I was supposed to be invisible in this. Uh, yeah, I know, but now I'm going to make you talk. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to think of a question for you before we're done here. I'll, I'll okay. got, I got you. <laughs> okay, so this is for the evil, terrible boys at the table. Just kidding. You guys are great. Are great. <laughs> uh, so Noah the and corner. My wife calls yes. me to say a big I mean, <laughs> She's like, you aren't acting. I'm <laughs> yeah, very method of you. So you guys obviously play more of the villainous characters, but you know, obviously Noah a little more take front, bring coffee, that sort of thing, yeah. and like bagel guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I always said in the beginning, I was like, I wish I had a Noah. And then like as the series went on, I was like, oh, Not I think so I much. have. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got like, those messages. The front loader. Who's like, <laughs> I, got all the the <laughs> I got all the messages. I yeah. Got and then there's, you know, Sergeant Means, who's just like, I'm evil and I know it. And he's just like, what? This is who I am. He, be he believes in his cause. That's not my question. He believes in his Karina cause. Karina approved question here. So, like, you both have such strong convictions in what you're doing. So what can you tell us about how you approached your characters, knowing, like, you're obviously not evil psychopaths. That I can tell, obviously, from the five minutes we've known each other. So, how did you approach those characters? They're actually the least <laughs> evil. They're the least evil and psychopathic people that I know. I, mean, like, I, did, I like, didn't want to put go. you in a box. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you approach that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that. I, I, I think, like, I hear villains talk about this all the time whenever they, they do a movie. When you hang out with villains? When I hang out with villains. <laughs> when I watch the, the in stuff, the interviews. <laughs> you, uh, I don't approach it as a bad guy, so mm -hmm. to say. I don't think he is bad, honestly. I, I think he has different methods of, you know, going about his business. But Murder. Yeah, sure. But a different moral I thought I thought of him as kind of a protector, in a sense, because he was like, I thought he was trying to protect, you know, race you could say he was trying to protect them from what he knew could happen and um, I felt he wanted to be in their lives the whole time to kind of see where that was going also there was other aspects but I just I saw him as that as a protector and I, nobody else saw it that way I know but uh, that was my <laughs> job and uh, no that's how he sees himself it's yeah. he sees himself as somebody with yeah. a, a, a cause that's bigger than people and I think that there's a lot of people in the world who, who believe that I mean Anybody who's ever declared war yeah. believes that there's a cause greater than individual lives. Mm -hmm. And so... He knew that know. humans wouldn't... I don't think he, he knew they wouldn't accept us, so to speak. He wouldn't accept them. So this was something that had to be done. They just didn't have an understanding yet of these people, uh, the alien race, you could say. So he was, I thought he was a protector. My, that was my idea. Yeah, I think I would, um, I would second that. Uh, maybe uh, I would say that... Um, you know, they don't really think they're doing anything wrong ever. You know, mm -hmm. that, that even the real life villains, if you ask them, no, I, this is this is the right thing to do. Sometimes even the compassionate thing to do. You know, as far as they're concerned. Mm -hmm. So I I never approach it from good, bad, right, wrong, evil, good. I never approach any role that way. In fact, anymore, I don't even like to think about the character so much as whatever's happening in the moment. And that's and that and I let the audience decide whether I'm good or bad. That's there. It's not my choice. Because well, we if you bad. if you say I'm bad, <laughs> okay. Stamp of yeah. <laughs> You do it great. Oh. Like, you're wonderful to hate. Like this. Yeah. I, I didn't hate you. Really I'm. Though, so I appreciate. Oh, that. I did. I'm just. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> it's 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 funny because I uh, and I totally get this, but like the audience. Noah's a serial killer. 
and the audience is more affectionate toward Noah than they are toward Jesse Maines, whose great crime, for sure, is the way that he treats his, his son. And, um, you know, everything else is, is, is broader, is, is sort of like a metaphor for what's going on in our country right now, but the thing we can't forgive Jesse for is the way that he treats a person that he is supposed to take care of. And I think that that's, um, it, it makes me really happy, honestly, that the audience responded that way, because I think that that is like sort of the great unfor unforgivable sin, is the way that is, is not being able to love the people that you are biologically meant to love. We're really going to dig into that next season. So they hated it. I, I didn't know. They, they don't <laughs> like him. No, you're not a fan. I mean, but like we appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, you're real good at it. Well, we hate you. And your eyes are very blue. But I think that but I think that um, I'm really excited for what we're going to do with uh, Jesse Maines and with Alex Maines this season next season I should say um, in that he has been sort of there's this moment in season one where it feels like Alex got one over on his dad and his dad kind of takes it on the chin and is like yeah I'm, I'm going to go to where does he go? Niger? Niger. Niger. <laughs> um, and we then find out like he took he took this moment of sort of like embarrassment um but he he was still pulling strings behind the scenes all along and at the end of the season we realize that he's he's still got plans and then kyle the person who he thought was going to be like the guy on his side who he thought he could he could manipulate into being on his team kyle ends up sort of getting one over on him but what we already know about jesse is that it's like really hard to um, you can you can you can s sort of try to to emasculate this guy, and you can try to cut him down. He doesn't care. He's on a bigger mission, and he really believes in his larger mission. Um, and I'm excited to explore that. I'm also excited excited to explore the fact that his ex-wife, or his, or you know, Alex's mom at least, is a Native American woman, and the idea of protecting what's yours against invaders um, means something very different to both of them and is actually a connection between them. So it'll be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting season. We're going to meet a, we're going to meet the love of Jesse Mains' life. Wow. And we're going to realize that he's capable so of love. It's not Jesse Mains. <laughs> it might be. Okay. <laughs> All I know is anytime my friends or we, we get mad at one another, we look at each other and go, you better watch out, you're about to get Trevor St. John. <laughs> <laughs> what does that You've mean become exactly? a verb. That just means get a verb. Just say thank you. <laughs> you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Yeah, and like most villains are so flat and you just hate them to hate them. But like with Jesse, we spent so many hours on our podcast like trying to figure him out. Oh, and like, why is he like that? Why does he do that? Why does he care so much about this thing but not this person he created? So like well, you know what's he's, funny, he's what's ironic about that is that, is that uh, uh, I think he loves his son dearly, mm -hmm. or at least in his attached. Way. And you know, there's, that's a whole existential question about the difference between attachment, and what we all have for our children, and the act of love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The gesture of love. And I think that's where it's getting muddled. Super attached. Does he? Does he? Does he love him? The ghost of 
Smash Evans knocking on the table. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we just so you guys know, we're, on the podcast, we're like we're in in a space that seems like a construction zone. So <laughs> um, sorry about the background yeah, noise. There's usually like dogs and like my black cat. For some reason, anytime like Liz is on my head, like, meow, meow, meow. they're used to our weird noises and, and tangents. So um, this question is for Karina. Actually, a lot of people have been asking if we're gonna have a gag reel. Because I think everyone sees how much you guys like to be together and like all the fun that everyone has, so they just want to see yeah messing around. So, so is that something we'll see. We have a gag reel that we actually showed at our premiere party. We have the gag reel. It's like uh, the gag. Reel it's a gag reel. Um, we actually have to get permission from every individual person that's on the gag reel in order to release it. Um, which has been, uh, you know, somebody has to like deal with all of that. So we'll see if you guys, if if these guys and and Nathan and Janine and everybody like eventually looks at this gag reel and is like, yeah, okay, fine, we'll show it to people. We'll show it to people. But um, I think it might be a like at the end of the series we might release like five gag reels <laughs> sort of a situation because there's stuff that just shouldn't. Shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isabel and Noah have like a really cute little handshake situation that we do. Over in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Aww, it's a good reason. How about when See, you I'm fell? I'm not supposed to like you. Oh, There's wait, a lot of people falling on this guy. How about behind the scenes when uh, <laughs> you were in the stretcher? And you oh, fell out of it. Up. Yeah, they got yeah. that one. I'm I don't not know. in the it gag was. reel. I guess I never what? mess up. Because she never oh, messed up. But all, all three of us I guess I never mess up. Never. Nathan yeah. falls a lot. <laughs> there's like, there's that's a lot of stuff. Did true. the day oh, where Janine yeah. knocked over all the pods make it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the cave oh, and she hit one of the pods. And they all toppled. Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm signing off right now without seeing it. I know. I want it. I wasn't worried about you. <laughs> I've seen your Instagram. <laughs> your Instagram is one. Is a gag <laughs> I'm the butt of the joke, guys. All right. You always have been. Yeah. Thank you. Always will be. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. Okay, so I just want to know everyone's favorite either episode or scene because you know all the fans they really you know they latch onto certain things whether emotional or lighter. Like, what did you? Mm. We'll start this side, Lily. Mm. What was your favorite scene or episode? Oh my gosh, it's so hard because all of them had such different, like, wonderful parts to them. I mean, who couldn't love Six, the, the flashback? I loved mm -hmm. going back and all of us being, like, in high school and playing, like, high school Mean Girl Izzy was so much fun. Um, but I also loved any episode where I got to do, um, like, special effects. So the pod that, when I was covered in goo, I jumped in a tank for a little while, so... All of those things were, but I think in terms of like a standalone episode, I loved episode six because we got to see them like all in their younger days and kind of how they got to where they are now. That was really wonderful. Glamis' shaved chest. Well, <laughs> shaved chest. That's a, my favorite part of the and show is my shaved now, chest. Yeah, he's continued it. So it's like he, now he's addicted to shaving his chest. It's not true. All right. That's not true. <laughs> uh, I, the one I liked shooting was the, uh, the hammer scene. Oh God! Oh, how dare there. you, sir? Yeah, so yeah. sadistic. Uh, it was just fun because it was felt like screwing around. You know, mm -hmm. it felt so almost it felt playful, and you know, despite the subject matter and what big. I was actually doing, you know what I mean? It felt like you know, kids screwing around, and that's what you were the feeling you wanted as, as an actor. So what we shot was much more graphic than what ended up on yeah, screen. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I oh. couldn't watch it. I I couldn't. I wanted it to be really, really, really awful, um, and so I had them shoot it, shoot like a really dark version of it. And then when we saw it, 
I couldn't watch it, so we, we dialed it back. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I was watching it in my office, and I pulled, I, I remember I pulled my whole body, like, into myself because it was so painful to watch. Eva I, wrote the episode with me, and, yeah, it was, it was dark. But we did fight for one shot that we, that was sort of an up angle oh, yeah. shot like on Michael um, that was crucifixion Jesus painful. Shot. Yeah. I mean, off screen, Trevor was, you know, we, we did a lot of his coverage and then you know, we changed to me and Alex. And, uh, you know, off screen, he was just trying to scare us. Mm -hmm. So really giving us the gift of feeling this, this pain and this fear. And I mean, he was slamming that hammer. He was changing lines on us. He, he, he looked at me as if you were talking to me, not Michael Guerin, in that moment. And it was like, oh, this dude's trying to, he's trying to get me right now. And that's what we needed for that scene. And it was beautiful oh, because of it. It yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> he just started slamming the hammer down one time. Uh, like, he just broke the hammer. It was like, it was perfect, though, for the scene. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. These guys were really open to that. And that's, and that's the other thing about. I wasn't going to say fun. different to you. Well, dude. it was fun, you know, because some people would just say, oh, come on. He's called. Lamb is calling his agent. He scared me. <laughs> yeah, that scene really resonated yeah. with the audience and just being like on my side of things and really getting to see what the fans take to versus you know when we would watch screeners, mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh my god, Liz, I had to pause it. And it was like it's always those kinds of scenes, really powerful moments, and that was one of. Well, them. also begs the question about how does Jesse feel about his own. That was actually a big chunk of one of our episodes. Yeah, we got into, but you know. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> My, mine was uh, was six as well. Was uh, it? Uh, yeah, uh, I remember watching it. it you were in it. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I Big fan. I watched it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Everybody's playing these kids, and there's like one look where Michael did when when Nathan shoots. You think he's shooting something? <laughs> And Michael like looked up at his <laughs> I couldn't get over it. It was so funny, but they, they all played it so well. Uh, and they're all it was amazing. I thought it was a fantastic episode. I enjoyed that one. Do you have like a favorite that you were in, maybe? Um No, he hated this job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a favorite that I was in, uh all, all honestly all of them were it was. It, I went from you know one end to I don't have all strange creatures with, with oh, familiar you know, features yeah, coming down right, from right, the heavens. Here's my favorite moment, and you have to oh, help me no. out with this quote. Okay. Oh, See, no. I had this dialogue where I had to say, <laughs> you know, exactly that. I know strange exactly. creatures with familiar features, with something like that. And I come out, I finish, and I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing in this scene. I'm just going. And uh, Julie comes in and goes, yeah, 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 I like what you're doing. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> Julie Packard director. Yeah, I just, I just kind of did what I was doing. I, no one knew what was happening. And then Michael comes up to me at the end and he goes, you know, we got to give me that quote. What was it? Uh, you know, there's, there's great acting. And then there's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's better Aww. to be interesting. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> well, we, we were, Car and I were roommates when yeah. we were in Santa Fe, right? So I would go up to him. He'd be in like a really emotional, like, you know, serious take. And I'd be like, dude, honestly, you need to just do better. <laughs> we just tried to mess with each other. And, I, and he'd always tell me, wait for, wait, I got to sigh first. And then I had to, I to, I to wait for his sigh in order for me to do the line. You step on that sigh. Yeah. I, you don't want to step on it. You get very angry. <laughs> he did get angry. He did. Actually, did a little bit. That's funny. Oh, man. How about when you killed me? You were beating me up. That was sad. You kept that hitting me. When I had to stab. Oh. oh, you enjoyed that. Yeah, I know. It was rough. There was so much blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, it was cold that night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With the window open because you'd blown Nathan out through the doors. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, it was cold. Oof. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Um, The 
finale, actually that that sort of sequence, th- that scene sticks out to me. It was, we had Karen, uh, Vlamis, and Nathan on set, and this, you guys are gonna think I'm so cheesy. So cheesy. But um, there was this like actual like astronomical phenomenon happening in New Mexico at that time, which was, it was the, there was a meteor shower happening, and because of the way that like, I don't know, everything was aligned at that moment, um, it was the best time to see shooting stars, and we're mm-hmm. shooting way out in the desert, and you can see the stars mm-hmm. really well. Um, and I don't, you probably don't even remember this. This is the moment where I was, I was like, guys, I walked outside and I looked up and there's shooting stars, and I like grabbed Vlamis and Nathan, and we went outside and we're like looking up at shooting stars, shooting a show about space, and I was like, and it was the end. It was the, it was the last day, the, the, like the last episode. Um, it was actually it ended up ended up being the last day that Julie shot too because she ended up having to leave in the middle of the finale so it's it's a co-director situation but um i was like really overwhelmed with what we'd pulled off mm-hmm. and not much of a like believer in general but it like felt like a moment it felt like something that really mattered and i i was I'm, like getting a little emotional talking about it right now anyway that was the that was a big a big deal for me. We uh, were literally standing in the desert and looking at the sky together and feeling like kind of all came together. We fucking did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was that was my favorite day on set. Other than the pilot, the entire pilot, I was just like on cloud nine, so happy. But at that point, I actually didn't know I was going to have to run the show. <laughs> I thought they were going to hire somebody above wow. me to be my boss because I had was inexperienced. So I was like, this is going to be great. I'm just going to like coast. <laughs> coast. Um, and then. And then it got hard. Turns out running is just kind of hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you make it look easy. You did it's awesome. Girl. I do so not good. make it look easy. <laughs> <laughs> These guys would really disagree with me. No. No. Um, Heather, Heather at one point in the season brought me like a million sleep aids. <laughs> she was like, she like, she was like, here's some like bath salts that help you sleep and here's some melatonin. And it was like, I was like, all right, I get it. I'm falling apart. Thank you. And then I used them all. You had made several posts about not sleeping for days slept. and days. And I, I was never like, slept. Girl, lay down. <laughs> no, you did an incredible job, I think. Yeah, you did. I think yeah. so, too. You, yeah. you kept it together. That was not the point of that, that no, story. <laughs> you're, not, you're not sleeping allowed us to sleep. I slept a lot. Great. So. <laughs> Thrilled. Meanwhile, I'm, like, watching you guys drive to McDonald's in a snowstorm on Instagram. Oh, no. and you get it's 10 p.m. Where, where, do you know where your actors are? It was perfect weather for drifting. Yeah. Perfect weather. That was the new one. Um, oh, man. I would say, so my favorite stuff is always the hardest. Uh, and... You know, there's a lot of scenes I did in this show that I've just never acted before in my life. Um, we didn't so, take it easy on you at all. No, and I'm so thankful for that. And I would say the prison scene is my favorite scene I've done because, you know, I kind of remember, like, sometimes as an actor, you know, before a scene goes or something, you, like, check your hair or, you know, you, you make sure everything's in order. And I remember, like, seeing a glimpse of the uh, the monitor when we were shooting that, that scene where, you know, right before all the aliens blow up, spoiler. And I remember like seeing my hair and being like, God, it looks horrible. And then I was just like, dude, this, what are you what are you doing? What are you what are you thinking about right now? You're 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 a mess, you know? And I, I kind of just let myself go to this place that I didn't know what I was gonna look like or mm-hmm. or be or feel or anything like that. And looking back and watching it, you know, I see what I saw on that monitor, but it you, you don't even pay attention to that. You pay attention to the whole feel, and if anything, that just adds to the craziness of the scene. So it, it was a big learning lesson of just like trusting yourself, not caring about anything aside from the work, and just honoring the work. 
and I was that's probably like the some of the most I'm probably most proud of that work of anything mm. I've ever done. Mm. Um, again, you know, I've I think never, me too of anything I've ever done. That scene really? was yeah, that scene was really hard to write and really hard. I I honestly wasn't sure it was gonna work until we mm. got it cut together. It was wow. a lot. I don't know what was going to happen. But and also your, your hair was a disaster. It was a disaster. It worked great. <laughs> Just to confirm your Just suspicions. Yes. Was a, yeah, that was a wild, wild night. But, yeah, very thankful for that. Mm. I think um, my favorite scene was definitely smoking a joint on top of the crash down. <laughs> yeah. It was so lit. Just because, like, for me, it was my first time smoking a joint on network television. And it's not, it's not real. But... Um, that moment was really just fun for me personally and shooting that scene with Janine we just had a blast and uh, it was so well written and uh, it was our really first, fun it was our first glimpse into the inner the friendship yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it was cool honestly to be able to it was pretty like, cool have they cut they cut a lot of my my exhaling but that's you they know asked fair us, enough I can't remember <laughs> yeah, there was like there, there, there's there's weird standards and practices rules about inhaling and exhaling mm. on TV um, that have loosened significantly recently, but uh, yeah, yeah, especially for CW. So I was really proud of that scene. And then I think the favorite episode as a whole um, was episode nine, where Maria kind of gets her rampage. You know, she like makes out with Garen in the desert. Mm -hmm. She does some karaoke. Sings. She sings. Yeah. She, sings. Yes. she embraces her mother's um, disposition, and so she really goes through all the cycles. And that, for me as an actor, was the most fulfilling episode of the season. Eva, what's your favorite? Um, I think my favorite moment on set was an episode I did not write. I but was, you did produce. We, um, that I was working with, it was actually an, an, uh, later unit when we shot Lily, Isabel getting into the pod and being covered in silver goo. And I was working with Tim Andrew, our directing producer, who isn't actually the director of that episode, but he was supervising that unit. and we're coming up with all these really cool shots of this silver goo going on Lily and we both looked at each other and just ran our hands down our faces and it was this moment of synchronicity where we were like yes yeah. she has to put the goo on her face <laughs> and we told Lily and she was she so puts the goo game. on the skin oh. and she gets the hose again <laughs> it, was this, it was this beautiful moment because I think visually it was really stunning and cool and sci-fi but it was also a really great character moment where the alien is overtaking her human side mm -hmm. in this moment. She she's sort of losing herself to her alien side, and it's such a mm. cool visual representation of that. Um, and I was so excited and inspired that day on set. It was so collaborative. And then I had I want to say a couple other moments. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. I love Karina and I co-wrote episode. 106, the high school episode, and my big dream was to have bright eyes in that episode, oh. and the sequence yeah. where Michael and Alex have their first kiss to oh the bright eyes song gosh. was like such a dream of mine. And then my other That's one. like my favorite. I mean, Michael and Alex, the beginning of their romance is like, I'm so proud of it because yeah. I have had that in my head for so long and it worked so well. Mm. Their almost kiss, where you're just like, no, come on. And then Michael just being like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to just do it. And he's scared, but he's excited. And it just, ugh, I love it so much. I didn't know the the Bright Eye song was going to play over My Kiss. And that's like one of my favorite songs and one of my favorite bands. Uh, and I remember reading when we re did the table read and I saw it was over Janine and Nathan's kiss. I was like, no, they didn't kiss. 
oh yeah but that moment they were, they were at the car yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god I want that song so bad and then I saw it and I was like yes it was so it was like it really gives me all the feelings and then um, <laughs> and then the final moment is I watched so many cuts uh, Karina and I also worked together in the finale and I watched so many cuts of the finale and every time when I watched the final sequence, I started crying. I, I mean, I can't even count how many times I watched the cut, and every cut, it made me cry. And I felt really proud of um, when Rosa comes comes out of that cave because first, there's something that feels so grounded about it. Mm. It doesn't feel sci-fi. Mm. It feels so just like it made me feel like people I've lost, like what it would feel like if they came back. Like that's what I. And every moment, it just like moves me to tears, and it's it's. Uh, Janine and Amber did an incredible job with that scene because it's a scene that you actually as a human being you can't really relate to you can't you Mm -hmm. can't connect that with a real life experience really Um, one of my favorite lines that we wrote in the whole show is so simple and it's just Rosa saying it's okay I'm here because I'm an older sister and Rosa's an older sister and she's so confused she has no idea where she is she woke up like naked in a cave with a dead a slightly hairier Max Evans on her. Not again. And <laughs> I hate when that happens. And but her instinct is my sister's upset and I don't know why, but I'm here. I'll let me fix it for you. So she's still got those older sister instincts and I like yeah, I cry every time too. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and seriously, that's Max Evans. <laughs> so actually building on that point, um, one of the biggest things that we talk about a lot on this podcast is how even though this is a sci-fi show it feels so real and all of the reactions and everything feels so realistic because like there's no bs and there's not like seven years of tension it's like okay why are you being an asshole like you know like everyone kind of just says what feels real so i feel like this show for people who were you know tvd diehards like i was and people who were dawson's creek even older than that it's like we've okay, grown up not with that, that old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than you, so I can say. Um, so it's like we've all kind of like grown up with this type of story, and then getting to see all these characters come together and like say what they mean, and like mean what they say, and and then also be aliens and mm-hmm. kick ass and do all this stuff. It really, it was just me telling you. I thank love you. all of it Aww, collectively, and like speaking for Liz, who's not here because she so selfishly had a baby, mm. but we love her very much. Mm. Um, she feels the same way. We always talk about how real everything feels. And then we'll also, like, the next breath, we're like, and then so when they're in the pods, and, they're <laughs> and, like, and like, we sound crazy when we say that. But that's the way we talk in the writer's too. room, too. <laughs> yeah, like, I get, um, everybody has a different process, and everybody, like, actor-wise, everybody needs a different thing from me. Uh, Janine likes to talk about, like, literally every page in the script. Like, we'll sit together for hours and turn through the pages in the script and talk about why what's happening is happening or what was behind, you know, what like fight I had with an ex or my dad or my mom. Like I poured into this one scene and I cry through these meetings all the time. Like Janine, Janine Mason, Mason has seen me cry more than like anyone else in my life because I'm talking about this stuff that's really emotional. But we never talk about alien shit in those meetings. Like, sorry for the, the but like, Sci-fi is not my thing. I, it it was not. It was never my thing. Talking about relating sci-fi to actual human emotion, and I'm sh- that's the same for every sci-fi writer ever. Is it's really a, it's a really a metaphor for something much more relatable. But um, the cool alien stuff is extra. The cool mm-hmm. alien stuff is like, you know, what does it feel like for a brother to be losing his sister 
because of a choice she made. Also, she's covered in silver goo. <laughs> like, it's just extra. And, right. and that's, you know, I hope that's what the show always is, even as our alien mythology stuff gets bigger and weirder, which it will. It's like sci-fi sparkle mm -hmm. on like this already really cool drama. Sure. Is how we look sci at it. Sci-fi sparkle is a good album name for Space Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> these, like band names and like podcast names, I feel like we should write it down. So my last question is because I'm such a '90s kid and grew up in that, and like that music and that stuff still resonates with me, and that's what I listen to still to this day. Um, what was your favorite either band or song or even CD or mm. soundtracks or like a really big thing in the '90s? Mm. Oh my gosh! Hit me. 100%. What is it? Um, I was so thrilled when Mrs. Potter's Lullaby was like our jam because that was a really powerful mm -hmm. song for me when I was like in that, I think I must've been like a freshman and I remember like that count, when that Counting Crows album came out and it was like- You were way me. younger than that. I was way younger. Well, maybe when I discovered it. was 97. It, it you really were like 11 years old. But having that song come back and be the song of the show was like, it. I was so excited by that because I just, I, I remember listening to that song over and it's like an eight minute song. That song goes on mm -hmm. and on, mm -hmm. but it just captures something so like powerful and I'd had, I'd had such a powerful response to it as a youngin and then to have it like called back was just so cool. I could go on. I, I have to, I'm a huge 90s fan, but I'll leave it at that. It's Potter's Lullaby. Does it have to be pop music or can it be? No, whatever you want. Well, I was studying jazz in the 90s. You're uh, so much cooler than the rest of us. I know. So Jeez, wow. 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 Uh, you don't get to answer. All right, I'll come up with a pop answer. Answer. No, 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 we want jazz. I, mean, I, oh, I, mean, no. I was also thinking about uh, Sting's uh, Ten Summoner's Tales from 93. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the, my favorite drummers is on that, um, Vinny Caliuta. And he kind of, listening to that, uh, kind of changed the way I play because he's one of the greatest ever. And, Hold on, I go back yeah, to the jazz answer. Oh, come on. Uh, it's a compliment that you're Oh, okay, us. all right, all right. So it was uh, uh, the Ray Brown trio. Ray Brown was uh, Ella Fitzgerald's uh, husband okay. for many years, and, and he was one of the greatest bass players. And uh, um, there was an album called Summer Wind, which was live in San Francisco, that just blew me away. With Gene Harris on piano, who I played with at one point. That's awesome. And uh, Jeff Hamilton on drums was one of my also my hero. I just swooned. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. You just kind of like, oh. Can we have, like, Sergeant Jesse Mains please, like, join the jazz band? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. the yes. Air Force Jazz Band, yes. right? They have that. Yeah. Sure. Yes, please. Yeah. I, like I do what I want. Whatever. Lamas, <laughs> <laughs> well, have you been taking guitar lessons? I'm about to start. Tonight. For me, I think it was, um, man, 90s. Uh, I liked, uh, but like Canadian nineties. No, yeah, there was a song was called Superman by some band. If it's <laughs> Five for Fighting. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I like. I, I, I saw that Yeah. Um, Mob Deep, <laughs> Wu Tang Clan. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I listened to all those guys a lot. Lou Bega, Mambo Number no. Five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The first album, I bought, I, the first time I ever went and bought my own, like I got a Discman Ooh, in yeah. the early-ish mm -hmm. 90s, not that early, I'm, I'm not that old you guys, but I got a Discman as a gift, I think I was, I was in third grade, and the, the two albums that I bought were Janet Jackson's Design of a Decade, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which was like her sort of greatest hits of the last 10 years and Lisa Loeb and Nine <sighs> Stories yes. Tales. So the two songs that like were the, 
Lisa Loeb was particularly like influential on me. So uh, stay in parentheses. I missed you by Lisa Loeb oh. was a big one, particularly because at that time it was my dream to be a pop star. And some <laughs> boy in my third grade class had been like, you can't be a pop star. You oh. wear glasses. And then mm. in comes Lisa Loeb yeah. and changed everything, which is why I'm now a pop star. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not too late, man. Yeah. It's not too late. But I've, I've been Her so lucky, music you guys. fire always. Oh, so mm -hmm. good. I have gotten to put, like, I mean, Third Eye Blind is, like, literally was one of my favorite bands. Counting Crows, I listened to their CDs when I first got my driver's license, mm. even though it was, like, way later than they came out. Like, that, like <laughs> I have gotten to put the music that means something to me on this show, and it has... Mm. It's just been unbelievable. Like, mm. it's crazy mm. to me that the CW even lets me do that yeah. and doesn't make me do, like, whatever the new cool hip Lord song is. Though I'm interested in that, too. CW's yeah. music yeah. is so good. It's though. Yeah. Yeah. I always have my Shazam out when I'm listening, watching mm. CW mm -hmm. shows. Their music is so good. Um, I would say, when I think of the 90s, Enema of the State by Blink-182. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And then uh, Adam Sandler had a comedy album yes. that I listened to on repeat called What the Hell Happened to Me. You better not me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can't even, I can't even lunch quote lady the lines was from... Was Lunch Lady Lance? They were way dirtier on this album. I was like eight listening to this, and it makes so much sense why I'm the way I am now. Mm -hmm. But those, uh, are, those are them. I think for me, definitely... Especially that made its way into the show is Alanis Morissette and yeah. the Jagged Little Pill yes. album. Yeah. When Karina and I were talking about what I would sing, I think I had nine songs that I sent her, and four or five of them were Alanis Morissette. Yeah. It was like, so basically, I want to sing Alanis Morissette. And I didn't so. think we'd be able to get her, but we got her not only for your for that moment, but for another moment later where Liz was listening to her headphones on right. that group. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I cannot, like, yeah. I, I mean, you so can't lucky. say 90s without Alanis Morissette. Yeah. She you defined just, it. Just she can't. captured yeah. it. And yeah. yeah. Jagged so. Little Pill, yeah. like, I still listen to it today, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yes. exactly that. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very intimidating to have to recreate, but, you know, oh, you honored. Oh, <laughs> honored. I love that whole CD, because so my great. mom would let me sing swear words. Nice. So, like, <laughs> I would put that on, and, be like, and I would say extra loud in my bedroom, mm -hmm. and she's like, it's art, honey, it's fine. Oh, no, that was <laughs> not mom, my family. Real <laughs> yeah, like, she's mom recognizes cool. it. Yeah, about that. That's another podcast, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> um... I was actually kind of a Rosa in high school. I was like such a '90s kid. I had a grunge band. We uh, we what? played like Sonic Youth <laughs> wow. at the school talent show, and like I was so I read Kurt Cobain's journals and grieved mm. his death. And um, <laughs> and I think it was actually I don't know which one of um, if it was me or Karina. I but I remember we had like a connection moment about Rosa having a whole t-shirt in the yeah. pilot oh, and yeah. I was just like please can she have a whole t-shirt I wanted it so much and I was so excited that she got it because I am Courtney Love's biggest fan mm -hmm. I had a Fender Venus in high school which is Courtney Love's guitar that she designed and Courtney Love if you're listening I love you please <laughs> <laughs> watch the pilot really carefully Rosa has, is wearing a whole t-shirt in the flashbacks and Liz is wearing the same t-shirt when she goes to the hospital after she's been shot and she goes to the hospital to see Kyle and she's just like, I don't know what's happening. And that was a, I'm scared, I need to be wrapped in something protective mm. moment. And so the we, we cut the moment where she actually starts digging through Rosa's boxes to get this shirt. But um, yeah, if you, if you got a close eye, she, needs a, she needed a hug from her big sister and she put on the whole t-shirt that somehow Courtney Love let us use. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? Cool. That's awesome. And I love, I love all those little details and like they didn't go unnoticed by 
by us and like people on Twitter would like well, did you notice that and I'm like yeah of course I did and then it'd be like wait <laughs> like, let me look so what about you I think what about everything <laughs> um so the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack mm-hmm. oh for some God. reason like I was like oh. this is my soul and then yes. Blink 182. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I would just like blast it yep. in my room. You got to like, take a road trip with Lamas and I. We, we road trip and we sing. Yeah. A lot of good tunes. Well, we're Midwesterners with yeah. curly hair. And I feel like everyone in the Midwest was all about Blink 182 at the time. And like I still listen to it. And my husband's like, oh, yeah, okay, still. Like this is still happening. <laughs> I will but say, yeah. uh, Tom Delange, he uh, he believes in aliens. He does. Aliens. He left Big time. And he is welcome on our show. Wow. <laughs> yes, please. Come hang out with us. Be amazing. Absolutely. And then um, Madeline is joining us. She's actually one of the Pure Fandom writers, and she was just in another panel. Hey. So she can't tell us what her favorite 90s song is, because I think she was, like, too. But, I mean, on the spot right now, do you have any 90s? 90s? <laughs> By the way, <laughs> we, were all, we were all super young, too. It's just yeah. like, it's, it resonated. I mean, the mm-hmm. Counting Crow songs that I listened to in high school, I was not in high school in the 90s. Right. But, like, right. that was the, yeah. but that, there was, yeah. like, a... Why are you saying it's the first thing? time you get the feel. <laughs> like, but, like, but, no, I just, I, but the reason that we used it in the show was because even if, like, they, the, these, the, the characters on the show were in high school in 2008. Mm-hmm. And but we use the '90s to represent a sort of nostalgia that I think everybody can relate to, mm-hmm. um, and it works. Such yeah. angst in the '90s, like, so much just, angst. Like, bang your heart. Mm-hmm. It's it's early mm-hmm. Yeah. You okay. Yeah. Wide, yeah. Open wide open spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Love them. Oh, Another the cut moment is Liz <laughs> singing "Wide Open Spaces" in the car with Max in the nine in the uh, flashbacks from the pilot. Mm. Yeah. That was like yeah. yeah. There was a scene in the pilot where they're driving and she's singing Wide Open Spaces really loud and he is like so emotional about it that the car like stops and dies. (laughs) Emotional is the word I'm trying I'm using to like I don't know how to say it properly. (laughs) I mean I could say it but I won't say it. Um, Okay well thank you guys. Thank you. We're gonna you know this this went like an hour longer than it was supposed yeah. to, so I know. we clearly really like talking. <laughs> so like Liz and I, when we do our like recording, we're always like, okay, twenty four minutes is the sweet spot for podcasts, and we're like thirty eight minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Shh, we gotta go stop talking, but it's it's such a, a fun show and an interesting show to dig into with the theories and just like every character has something cool going on. So it's very easy to get carried away in Alienville and Rosalind Mexico. <laughs> And we love it. Thank you. Thank Thank you you. for the support. We appreciate it.